It's always exciting. It's always lovely, to be honest, in any church service to be able to have a, a baptism. Yeah? It just sets the tone, you know? Like, man, it just, it's so good. It reminds you, for those of you that, you know, chose to be baptised and have been baptised, it just reminds you of the time that you were baptised, you know, what you went through, the thoughts, what was milling in your heart, the stuff that God did. It was just really, it's really quite special, very special, special time. Mel, can you throw me my water, please? So how is everyone? Good? Good? Okay. Well, it's nice to be back after two weeks. I think two, two weeks ago, I think I was speaking in Melton, and then the family and I were away last week. So in case you've forgotten that two-week period, this is not a quiet church. Yeah? It means I require response. You may have had some really quiet speakers over the last two weeks. My apologies. <laughs> you ever tried to play a sport without anyone barracking for you? It's really boring. It's actually nice to have people engaged with the Word of God because the Word of God is alive. It's actually not dead. So it's really hard when you're hearing the truth to remain silent because inside your spirit is already yelling and amening with everything. Amen? Ah, so, nice to be home. What did we do while we were away? We canoed. If I had video of a particular part of the holiday, you would all very much love to see it. So part of our holiday, there was some canoe racing. And so Samuel and I entered into the canoe race. There you go. Anyway, we did really well in the heats and we made it to the final. We were in the final with five other parents and their, their, their child. And the idea was that the adult parents stood about three or four, maybe even five metres back. The kids were ready in the front of the canoe. And, we, and, and when they yelled out, go, we had to run, push the canoe in, jump in and then paddle out to the market and then turn around and come back. And then when we hit the sand again, the kids jump out and have to run to the line. I had it all worked out how I was going to win because I'm not competitive at all. And I was going to smash every other parent. And so my, my theory was that if I ran out a little bit further and gave it a good push, we would already have momentum. I would jump in and we would be in the lead. Having not swum in the lake before, I didn't realise how the bottom of the lake dropped off quite quickly. And so it was a little bit like that. So ready, set, go, we're running. I grab the canoe and I'm like, I'm going to push this. This is going to be awesome. And all of a sudden I'm like, bloop. And I've got the water up to here. Yeah. So these are these fiberglass canoes. And Samuel's going, come on, Dad, get in, get in. So I try to jump in, impossible. I then dive across the top of the canoe. Yeah. Now, as you can tell with my physique, yeah, this was obviously a really cool sight. I already had the life jacket on that made me look like a barrel. Yeah. So I jump on the top of this canoe and the canoe goes like this. And Samuel's like, no, Dad, we're no, Dad. So we drop it back down. I said, I'm sorry, son. I think I've, I've, I've stuffed it. He goes, come on, go back to the start. By this stage, the other parents are halfway towards the marker. And, and I, very, I had to just, I ate humble pie. Though for all the other parents that were there, they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> they thought it was one of the funniest things that they'd ever seen. 
Unfortunately for me, no one videotaped it. No one. I've paid them all greatly, never to see that again. Anyway, it was really nice to be away, but it is always nice to come back home. So we're going to pray. We've got a word, and um, let's see what God wants to do this morning. I just have a feeling he wants to shift some mindsets and some hearts, uh, and he wants to rock our world. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for all that you are. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are to us. We thank you that you live within us and that you come upon us and rest upon us, that you empower us. We thank you that you are a great God, a wonderful God, a loving, gracious, forgiving, merciful God. And we thank you, Lord, that we can walk and talk with you. We thank you that we have the privilege and honour to be called your children, your sons and your daughters. And so, Father, in this day today, in this place today, we just say thank you. Thank you for all that you are and all that you're going to do. So have your way in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would speak truth, Father, that would challenge us, change us, rearrange us, make us more like your son, Jesus, that we would walk away from this place, Lord, having received an impartation of your spirit that would leave us not the same as when we walked in, but completely different. So have your way. And everyone in the house said, Amen. Cool. Who knows the Newsboys as in a Christian band? Newsboys? A few of us? Some of us? While we're away, there was a song that I couldn't get out of my head. I woke up with it one day. I don't know why it was there. I hadn't played it. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with one of the overflow nights that we had here, you know, a couple of weeks before that. I, I've got no idea, but I woke up with this melody and tune and chorus in my head that I couldn't get rid of. And so for those of you that grabbed the newsletter at the front, I actually got Jen to put it in there. But the lyrics that were, were in my head was this, My God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside, yeah, roaring like a lion. God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Every day, this, the, these lyrics were there. Every day, that melody was there. Every single day. To the point where I tried to find it through, you know, um, what are those, Spotify and stuff? It's really hard to find songs on that. You sort of put down the type of song that you want and then it finds all sorts of songs and it might, might be the song that you want. It's just really confusing for me anyway. But it just, it was there. And, and it got me thinking that we're heading towards Easter. We've got Good Friday coming up and just another reminder, it's 9.30, not 10 o'clock, 9.30. Make sure you're on time. It would be nice to be on time. Then we leave on time and we get home to celebrate on time. Just a thought. But Good Friday and then we've got Easter Sunday. And, and during Easter, you know, we focus on Jesus, the Lamb of God, and rightly so. You know, we, we focus on that. Good Friday, we focus on what, he, what, he, what he's done on the cross for us. He died, the Lamb that was slain. We focus on that, the Lamb that paid the penalty and the debt for our sin. You know, Isaiah 53, 7 says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. I would say that most of us that call ourselves Christians would have heard that scripture somewhere, sometime, somewhere in our, in our Christian walk. Somewhere in the last year, two years, five years, 50 years, we would have heard that. Because it's used over and over again, particularly at this time of year, that scripture's used. God who gave his life for us, the lamb that went to his death without uttering a single word, yeah? That silently went. Well, I've got a problem with that. 
have a really big problem with that. Because I actually think that we're missing. There's, a, there's an ingredient in that, in that part of the gospel message, in that picture that's missing. And, it, and the thing that's missing is so important that if, if we don't get the part that's missing, it can actually mess up how we live our lives. Here's the thing. This is what God's been teaching me and showing me. A sheep that is led anywhere quietly yeah, is going quietly because it doesn't fear for its life. You've got to understand that for a minute. Yeah? A sheep that goes anywhere quietly goes quietly because it's not fearing for its life. It doesn't know it's going to die. Let me, let me give you an example of that, how I know that's true. We've got friends of ours that have got property out at Magpie and they've got probably five or six sheep and stuff. And there was a day that we were out there with the family and the owner of the property said to the boys, I'll bet you that you can't... We're walking around the property next to the sheep and the goat and all that sort of stuff. And he goes, I bet you boys that you can't catch one of the sheep. <laughs> we, we, we did find that out, yeah. So he, he bets the boys. So the boys start running at the sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but the sheep must have seen something in the boys' eyes. They must have seen some craziness, some madness, you know, like, oh my goodness, he's some feral boys coming at me because they just bolted. Everywhere the boys ran, it didn't matter which one they ran to, if they ran to it, it ran. It, it just ran and ran and ran and ran. They were running for dear life. There was no way in the world that any of the boys was going to get close as far as they were concerned. We found out later that one nearly had a heart attack because Nathan didn't give up and it fell. It just fell next to a tree. And then the owner said, you, better, you need to back off now. I, I, I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen that happen. Just leave that particular sheep alone. But the point is, the sheep were fearing for, for, for their lives and so they ran, Yeah. As soon as they realised they were in trouble, they ran. But this lamb in Isaiah, it says it went to his death quietly. It didn't open its mouth. Unlike a sheep, I guess, going to a shearer, they're still not fearing for their life. They're not fe fearing of death. They're going on a stroll. They're going for a walk and when they get there, you know, and they realise they're about to be sheared, they, go, they, they throw a bit of a hissy fit because they, well, this is what, what wasn't what I was expecting, you know. The lamb that we focus on during Easter is our saviour, yes, yes, yes. But he's our saviour that knew he was going to his death. You, you, gotta, you have to see the connection here. He's our saviour, yes, he's the lamb, but he's the lamb, the saviour, that knew he was going to his death. And for me, there is only one way that a sheep would go quietly to a death that it knows it's about to, you know, incur, suffer. There's only one way it would do that. And that takes me back to that song that won't leave me. My God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. So there's something more to this Lamb of God that we need to know. And we need to know it this Easter. Actually, we probably needed to know it last Easter and the Easter before and the Easter before and the Easter before. We need to know it for our own walk. 
Like it's something that you and I need to know. Revelation 5, chapter 1 to 6 reads this, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because there was no one found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Now catch this, verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Verse 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and elders. So here we have John sharing the vision that he's, that he's having of heaven, yeah? John's sharing this vision, and we read that there's no one in heaven or on earth that could open the scroll. So this bloke, he's crying. Oh my goodness, we're finished. There's scrolls that need to be opened. They need to be read. Someone needs to look inside, but isn't there anyone? There's no one. He's desperate. He's absolutely desperate. And then one of the elders comes up and says, Dude, don't worry. It's okay. It's fine. Look, the Bible says, see. Yeah? So it's something that he can see. See the lion of the tribe of Judah that's triumphant, the seed of David. So this elder speaks these words of life. So here's John, and he just hears that, and he goes, Awesome. He starts getting ready to look to see the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's getting ready to embrace all that this lion is. And he turns around to see the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then verse 6 hits us with, Then I saw a lamb. Then I saw a lamb. He was waiting to turn to see the lion, the one who's victorious, the one who won the battle. The one who was worthy to open the scroll. And when he turns in front of him, he sees the lamb, not the lion. But where's the lion? The elder declared, look, see, it's the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's really simple. Can you put the picture up on the screen, guys? It's really simple. They're one in the same. They're one in the same. You can't take one without the other. They're one in the same. Thanks, guys. So the only reason the lamb went silently and quietly and willingly to his death is not because it was a stupid sheep. Yeah? It's because he was and is the lion of the tribe of Judah. This lamb only has courage to face death, yeah? Because it's the courage of and from the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes, he's the gentle lamb dying for his people. But yes, he's the lion, powerful and majestic. The symbol of royalty coming to defeat his enemies. See, we need to see him both this Easter as lion and lamb. And then you're probably asking, well, why? Why do we need to see him as the lion and the lamb? It's a good question. And again, as always, I'm really glad that you've asked. Because if we have an unbalanced view of our Saviour, we are going to live an unbalanced Christian life. 
Yeah? You might want to get that again if you missed it. If we have an unbalanced view of who he is, we're going to live an unbalanced Christian life. See, the lamb that was slain is a timid picture. The lamb's gentle. But when life throws stuff at us, when we go through stuff, frustrating, upsetting, challenging, confusing stuff, sometimes we linger in it too long because deep down inside, the picture of Daddy, the picture of Father God, is of the Lamb that was slain, the timid Lamb that opened not its mouth. And now we've got stuff coming against us, but all we've got to work with is this timid Lamb. But if we knew, if we really knew who it was living inside of us, we'd understand that when we're going through that stuff, there's a lion roaring on the inside of us, yeah? Roaring over every situation, roaring over every circumstance, roaring over every upsetting, frustrating, confusing moment that we live. And one thing I've learned about a lion, that when a lion roars, everything must submit, yeah? Everything must submit. Let me show you what happens when the lion of the tribe of Judah roars over our circumstances. Can you throw video one up, guys? Make sure there's some volume, Rob, because the roar's impressive. Well, the roar is impressive. If you ever come near my son again. Oh, this is this is your son. Oh, yours? <laughs> oh, did you know that? No, me? I, I didn't know. No, did you? No, of course not. Oh. Ed? <laughs> Doodles. <laughs> <laughs> When there's stuff in our lives and the lion of the tribe of Judah yeah, roars over what you're going through, what you're suffering with, it doesn't hang around. It can't hang around. Yeah? I understand that we're on a journey and it's a process, but you know that God can take whatever we have and deal with it like that here and now whenever he likes. Yeah? And that roar... If we could live with that roar, if we could sound that roar over every emotion, every confusing feeling, everything that we're going through, I reckon we would live different lives. See, when unwanted stuff's coming at us, when unwanted stuff's in our lives, we've got to let the lion of the tribe of Judah roar, yeah? 
And we all need, I'm going to suggest, here's a suggestion for us. We all need to learn what it means to follow Jesus. See, we all need to put on the meekness of the lamb because then we'll have the strength of the lion. Yeah? We put on the meekness of the lamb, but then we have the strength of the lion. I don't know about you, but that's really good stuff. Yeah, you know, like you should give God a clap. You just should. Like, like give him a clap. Like, just think about it for a minute. It's, sorry, it's just echoing a bit, Rob. Um, think about it just for a minute. Inside of you is a line of the tribe of Judah. You have all of that courage and all of that power inside of you. The fullness of the living God inside of you. Now, if that's not clap-worthy... Yeah? I don't know what is. The line of the tribe of Judah. Judah means praise. The line that's inside of you is a line that oversees praise. So when you realize it's inside of you, when you really actually realize it's inside of you, you can't help but praise because that's who he is. And maybe if there's no praise, you might still just have that nice picture of the lamb. There's nothing wrong with it. We have to Follow the lamb. Put on the humility of the lamb to experience the strength of the lion. You know, I guess there's a reason that sometimes we don't think of Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah, yet every, time, every second time Grace paints here or somewhere else, there's a lion that comes out in her paintings. God's speaking to us prophetically. One of my favorite pictures is one that you did, Jess, that hangs on the back. Because there's strength in it, there's courage in it, and that is inside of us. It's true that the Bible talks about another line, you know, and a lot of us have know, know of that other line. Most of our kids in kids' church over the years have learned about this line too. First Peter 5.8, because I, I, I need to... I need to give you perspective because if you don't have perspective, you won't, you won't grab hold of the picture that you need this Easter and for your walk, yeah? 1 Peter 5.8 talks about this other line, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It gets confusing because now the Bible's talking about two lions. How can there be one that wants to devour us and one that wants to roar life into us? The enemy is a carbon copy. He wants to be like God, but he can't. He tries everything he can to be like him, but he's just not. Watch. Let's go to number two. Life's not fair, is it? Sounds like you see, I, well, I shall Woe never be king. <laughs> and you shall never see the light of another day. <laughs> and you. Didn't your mother ever tell you not to play with your food? What do you want? I'm here to announce that King Mufasa's on his way. So you'd better have a good excuse for missing the ceremony this morning. Now, look, Zazu, you've made me lose my lunch. Ha! 
You'll lose more than that when the king gets through with you. He's as mad as a hippo with a hernia. Ooh, I quiver with fear. Now, Scar, don't look at me that way. Help! Scar. <laughs> Drop him. Impeccable timing, Your Majesty. Why, if it isn't my big brother descending from on high to mingle with the commoners? Sarabi and I didn't see you at the presentation of Simba. That was today? Oh, I feel simply awful. <laughs> Must have slipped my mind. Yes, well, as slippery as your mind is, as the king's brother, you should have been first in line. Well, I was first in line. Until the little hairball was born. That hairball is my son and your future king. Oh, I shall practice my curtsy. Don't turn your back on me, Scar. Oh, no, Mufasa. Perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. Is that a challenge? Temper, temper. I wouldn't dream of challenging you. Pity. Why not? Well, as far as brains go, I got the lion's share, but when it comes to brute strength... I'm afraid I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. Thanks, Gaz. See, sometimes we just need some perspective, yeah? Sometimes we just need to see what this other lion is like, really. You know, looks like a lion... Roars sort of like a lion, but when the lion of the tribe of Judah roars inside of you, the enemy cowers, yeah? Cowers. We as Christians, we are the head and not the tail. The enemy has already been defeated. The Bible says he is under our feet. Yeah, we just need perspective. That lion looks intimidating if the only picture that we have of Jesus is half a picture, the lamb that was slain, yeah? But when you get the other half, the lion of the tribe of Judah, all of a sudden the enemy fades into insignificance. Now the enemy does attack, let's face it. But we fight not against flesh and blood, we fight against principalities and powers in high and dark places, Yeah? It's important that we understand how to do warfare. And sometimes we have to allow the lion of the tribe of Judah to roar over situations, yeah? Because he roars over you today. He roars over absolutely every circumstance in your life and everything that you go through. Everything. And sometimes we just need to be in tune enough, attentive enough to bring those things to him so that he can roar over it, yeah? Otherwise, we're just carrying it around with us. Listen, listen to how the lion speaks, to what the lion says. Psalm 37, verse 23, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every details of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Do you think the lamb can hold you by the hand? Lamb's timid and weak, but the lion, even when you make silly, unwise, stupid decisions, he's saying, I'll always take care of you. Yeah? Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength. Yeah, Always ready to help in times of trouble. So he's saying, I'm with you in the hardest of times. I'm not only going to give you comfort, but I'm going to give you strength to cope. 
Yeah? What, it, what was it that Faith said? She goes, I know... She read the scripture. He doesn't give us more than we can bear with. She goes, I know that that's the case for me because I'm still here. Yeah? He gives us the strength. The line of the tribe of Judah gives us the strength to cope with things, to get through things, to overcome things. Yeah? Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Yeah, and I love this. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. He's the lamb, but he's also the lion. And he's chosen us to become like his son. There's a strength about us in our Christianity to overcome every foe and every circumstance and every situation. Because the lion roars over our emotions. The lion roars over our feelings. The lion roars over our insecurities. The lion roars. Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. He's telling, he's, the lion's saying, give me your troubles and you'll be unshakable. Yeah? Romans 8, 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Not even the other lion that's waiting to devour would stand up to the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah? So when he's saying that there's nothing that can overcome us, I don't know about you, if God is for us, who can be against us? We have the line of the tribe of Judas inside of us. When people see us, when the enemy sees us, all he sees is a big lion's head going, Rawr! that wasn't a bad rule. Yeah, I'm impressed. No, I won't. We have to hear the lion roar. Psalm 91, 14 and 16. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. No trouble's going to do us in. No trouble. Deliverance and salvation are ours, yeah? Over and over again, the lion roars over our life. If we could only understand the way we face, understand that, we would face our challenges completely differently. You know, we declared at the beginning of the year that this year was going to be the year of freedom for us. It was a word that God spoke over this church that I'd heard really clearly. And it's a freedom for our own life and it's also a freedom for this church. To, for all of us to step into something brand new, yeah? Freedom means you're not going to do things the same way you always have, something shifting and changing. And that was spoken into our lives. And if we could only hear the roar from the line of the tribe of Judah, we would be living a life that's full of freedom, yeah? There's a prophetic word that was spoken by... Um, Christy Johnson on, on their website and it was shared with me only just yesterday. And so I wanted to share some of that prophetic word because it comes from, she only spoke this in December uh, last year, but I think it's really important for us here. And she writes, The night I broke free of depression was a moment I'll never forget. It was months of relentless fighting up until that very moment. 
I had been weary, exhausted and hopeless. But in that moment, I can still hear the mighty roar of a lion as it rose up from within me and burst forth out of me. It was frightening. I had never made a sound like that before and it shook both Nate and I by surprise, but we knew it was not my own, but the supernatural roar of the lion himself. It shook the ground from beneath me and suddenly I heard the sounds of sheer peril and shrieks of terror of what I knew to be the the demons that had been tormenting me for an agonizing year. I heard their screams disappear into the night and I will never forget the words that came out of my mouth next. You will pay. For every second that you tormented me, you will pay. That moment always makes me think of my favorite quote from C.S. Lewis's Narnia. I love this quote. It is so good. Wrong will be right. When Aslan comes in sight, at the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. I don't know about you. That is a flat-out depiction of the line of the tribe of Judah. Yeah? And she, she writes some other stuff. And I want to declare this, this bit without reading all the stuff that goes before it. But I want to speak this over your life today. I want to speak this and declare it over our church today, yeah? It says, David understood one thing. This land belonged to Judah, and the Philistines were defiling this sacred place of God. Judah means praise. The enemy has no right to stay in your soul when you dedicate your soul as a place of worship and praise. David was overcome with a righteous anger to take back the holy place that the enemy was encamped in. Likewise, you need to realize that your heart and soul is the same holy place in the eyes of God. I hear the violent roar of the Lion of Judah as he shakes the ground in righteous anger to take back what belongs to him. Your soul and spirit belong to him and he's come to reclaim what he paid for. If you have been enslaved by the enemy in any capacity, the lion's roar is resounding forth over and through you in this hour, shaking up the strongholds of fear and lies that have tried to set up camp in your soul. You know, I said earlier that we, our fight's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring over us. And when he roars over us, nothing remains the same. Nothing remains the same. I'm going to finish in a moment, but I want you to watch this. Because when you allow the lion of the tribe of Judah to roar, everything changes.
it is time. changes. For some of us, the words of Rafiki the monkey, it is time. Yeah? It's time. Yes, it's Easter. It's Good Friday. We remember the death and resurrection. We remember the Lamb of God that was slain. But don't have half a picture of your Saviour. It's time to allow him to roar. Because some of our lives, some of us have got pockets in our lives that look desolate, burnt out, because the enemy was roaring, ready to devour, and we gave him way. But when we allow the lion of the tribe of Judah to roar, everything changes. Why don't we stand? I'm going to ask everyone in this place, just for a moment, just to close your eyes. Because I want to read you the lyrics of a song that I grew up with in my Christianity by Crystal Lewis. It's called The Lion and the Lamb. I just want you to close your eyes and picture this because some of us need a shift in our minds and in our heart to how we see our God. Amen? Who is? Who is he who's mightiest of all? Who is he? Creation trembles at his call. Who is he? The lowly sacrifice who paid a victim's price. His name is Jesus. Jesus, from the Father's own right hand. Jesus, Son of God and Son of Man. Jesus, who died and rose again. Jesus, he's the Lion and the Lamb. Who is he with the power none can tame? Who is he that every foe would fear his name? Who is he who was humbly led away? To suffer that dark day, his name is Jesus. He's the lion and the lamb. He's the lamb that was slain. He's the lion that reigns. My saviour and king, both the same. Yeah? So, Father, in this place right now, I ask you just to start to do a work in the hearts of each and every person. Wherever you are right now, if there's someone close to you, hold hands, put your hand on their shoulder, whatever's comfortable. Because I believe in the ministry of the body of believers as the Bible talks about. Yeah? And we're going to pray for each other. And Father, we ask that you would fill our picture of you. God, that we wouldn't just have a half a picture. Not too much line, God, and not too much land either. Lord, either if it was unbalanced, we would live an unbalanced Christian life. 
but allow us, God, to see you as the lamb that was slain, but, Lord, also as the line of the tribe of Judah. Lord, that we would understand the blood that was shed, the sacrifice that was made, so that we can walk in the victory that is the line of the tribe of Judah. So, Father, shift things right now. Lord, show us places in our heart, God, places in our lives where we need you to roar. And right now, church, just in this moment with your eyes closed, just picture some of the stuff that you, you yourself and as an individual, as a, as a parent, as a, as a young person, whoever you are, whatever stage of life that you're in, picture the stuff that's tormenting you right now. And I want you to picture the line of the tribe of Judah roaring over your circumstance, bringing healing, ripping away, making the hyenas of our soul, so to speak, run and cower in fear. Lord, now do a work, a supernatural work via your Holy Spirit. Lord God, as each of us, Lord, thinks about the things in our life that we need you to work in, we ask you, God, that you would do that work that you would roar over our emotions, that you would roar over that circumstance, that you would roar over our feelings, God, that you would roar over that situation, Father, that you would roar in our life. Saviour and King, both the same. Lord, may we never be the same again. May we be different Christians because of the picture that we now have. Lord, may we be a victorious Christian. May we have a voice that speaks life, Lord God. May we have a life that speaks volumes. That those around us may discover the lion and the lamb, saviour and king, both the same. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We give you all the glory, we give you all the honour, we give you all the praise. And everybody in the house said, Amen. As we go for coffee and tea, and for those that are staying for the AGM, I want to share, share this with you. And um, this, one's, this one's just for free as you're walking out the door. I looked up the meaning of lion just on Google, and the first thing that came up was that it just talked about how a lion's a nocturnal creature, you know? Uh, and it's a symbol of royalty, but the other symbol of a lion is the fact that being a nocturnal creature, it actually speaks into the subconscious, yeah? And for most of us, the things that torment us in life get into our minds and into our thoughts, and they get inside of us, but the lion roars from the inside in the dark places that we can't get to, yeah? Allow him to roar in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.